The Celtic theologian J. Philip Newell writes in the introduction to his new book, Sacred Earth, Sacred Souls, that each of us knows things at the core of our being that we have not necessarily been taught. Some of this deep knowing will be at odds with what our society or religion has tried to teach us. So the question becomes, how do we reawaken to what we know in the depths of our being? How do we reawaken to the knowing that reminds us that the earth is sacred and this sacredness is at the heart of every human being and every life form? In this episode of Holy Heresy, you will meet Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, a French scientist and priest. Deschardins believed that the deeper we move into the matter of the universe, the closer we come to the heart of the Divine Presence. And he believed that at the heart of matter is the heart of God. His teachings were considered so radical that the Vatican forbade Deschardins from teaching and publishing. Instead, he spent his time on archaeological digs throughout the world and learned to love the earth and all creatures even more fully. While he was obedient to the church during his lifetime, before his death in 1955 in an act of priestly disobedience, he took steps to ensure that his writings would be released to the public after his death. His writings invite us to remember that the glory of the divine can be found everywhere in the earth's body and that we are meant to serve and learn from the earth. We welcome his presence with us in this conversation. You're listening to Holy Heresy, a podcast that looks for the questions found at the intersection of spirituality, justice, and the arts. Holy Heresy is brought to you by the First Congregational Church of Los Angeles. joy it is to hear such beautiful music week after week. It calms my soul. It restores my spirit. I am so very grateful for our choir. Even though I grew up in western Washington in the desert, 
The forest were not far away, and I craved being bathed in the sights, smells, and sounds of the trees. On family car trips, as soon as the landscape began to change, I would roll down my window and begin to breathe in those gifts. Our family car trips were often because my father had a job somewhere that he needed to check on. So we were in the forests of Montana and Oregon and Washington over and over within a summer. I think I inherited that desire for forest from my father, who had grown up in the Grand Tetons. He knew the healing power of creation, and he took every opportunity presented to return to the landscapes that fed his spirit. I was fortunate because my mother taught me the sacredness of the scriptures found in the Bible, and my father taught me the sacredness of creation found in the earth. Those two holy narratives allowed me to experience the both and of this adventure that we call life. It would surprise you then to learn that for years I have been intrigued by the idea of forest bathing. If you know anything about it, you know you don't have to bring a swimsuit. It is said to have great powers. In 1980, Shinrin-yoku began to happen in Japan. And it became a cornerstone of this preventative healthcare and healing in Japanese medicine. Researchers, primarily in Japan and South Korea, conducted studies on the health benefits of spending time among the trees. Their research demonstrated that forest bathing positively creates a calming neuropsychological effect. It does so through changes in our nervous system which reduce the stress hormone cortisol and boost the immune system. Additionally, numerous studies have demonstrated reductions in stress, anger, anxiety, depression, and sleeplessness among the participants. After only 15 minutes of forest bathing, blood pressure drops, anger, anxiety, depression, and sleeplessness disappear among the participants. It sounds like all the healing needed in the world can be solved in 15 minutes in a forest. While this is undoubtedly an oversimplification, the late Pierre Teilhard de Chardin could certainly have been a spokesman for forest bathing if he hadn't been silenced by the church of his time. We turn this morning in our creation series, Sacred Earth, Sacred Souls, and to Pierre Teilhard de Chardin. Deschardins in the 20th century resurrected the powerful teachings of the second century Celtic wisdom, a wisdom that taught all things come out of the substance of God. Deschardins was a Jesuit priest and a paleontologist, so he believed that both science and religion were sources of divine revelation, and that understanding undergirded his entire theology. J. Philip Newell, our guide for this series, says Deschardins was the first modern Christian prophet of the sacredness of the universe. 
Desjardins once wrote, At the heart of matter is the heart of God, and the deeper we move into the mystery of any created thing, the closer we come to the divine presence. In the Celtic world, matter is sacred. So the matter of the Earth's body, including our human bodies, are cherished. It is in and through the stuff of the universe that we encounter the divine in both its vastness and its intimacy. In these past months, I've given a great deal of thought to the vastness and the intimacy of the universe. I am a total groupie when it comes to anything about the universe. I feel like the Hubble telescope is actually part of my family. Every time something new is discovered that reveals more of the mystery about this universe we call home, I am ecstatic. Yet also in these past months dealing with this pandemic, I have realized that no matter how unscathed we might have been personally, we have all come to a time and place in need of healing. Last week, as I read the chapter in J. Philip Newell's book about Deschardins and about the sacredness that surrounds us, a quote on the very first page washed over me. Long ago, Deschardins wrote, when we experience the best of this sacredness deep within us or encounter it in the body of the earth or the body of another, we have a sense of being addressed by name. In the narrative that Mark read from the gospel today, we heard two stories, one of a young woman of 12 years of age, the other of a woman who had been ill for 12 years. It could be said they both were dying. The woman who had been ill for 12 years was the first to make a move. She pushed through the crowd and simply touched the one who could bring life from death. She experienced the beat of the sacredness deep within her as she encountered the body of another and had the sense of being addressed by name. Later in the Gospel reading, we are told that the young woman of 12 years of age was believed to be dead. But Jesus said, she is not dead, she is just sleeping. Sometimes it feels like we have been asleep for 19 months, and we wonder how we can come out of our slumber. We wonder when we will wake up and find life has become real again. I first learned of Deschardins 20 years ago and have read many of his writings since then. Yet each time I immerse myself in them again, I am reminded from whence I came and to where I will go. You and I come from the earth and the stars. Our bodies are made from elements and we are connected with all living things. Yet somehow we have forgotten who we are. We are not only made by God, we are also made of God. Newell says we are made of the light that was at the beginning. 
We are made of the wisdom that fashioned the universe in its glory and interrelatedness. We are made of the love that longs for oneness. One of our greatest needs is the desire to move back into relationship with everything else that is of God. This means choosing to live in harmony with the universe again, knowing the rising of the sun and the whiteness of the moon are part of us. It means seeing the beauty and wildness of the creatures as expressions of what is also with us, the unnameable and untamable presence of the divine in all things. It means growing an awareness of Earth's sacredness, knowing that its moist greenness issues forth directly from the fecundity of God. At the heart of our being and at the heart of all being of the divine, there is a heart that beats in each one. When we come into this sanctuary virtually or in person every week, we do not have to invoke or summon it from afar. We bring it with us because we are made in the image of God. So the divine is here and now, always here, always now. Our invitation is simply to awaken to the sacred, to open to it, and to being part of it, to know also that we are part of one another and of everything in the cosmos, which is the sacred interrelationships of all being. All we have to do, said Deschardins, is to let the heart of the earth beat within us. Some of my favorite words at the communion table remind us that God is the heart and we are the heartbeat of life. On November 7th, as we observe All Saints Day, we will share communion together because you and I need to be reminded where we come from and to where we will go. Newell insists that in these days we need courage and strength of heart if we are to be part of the holy work of reawakening the world and ourselves to the sacredness of matter. As Rex Hunt, the Australian theologian, is fond of saying, matter matters. In the days to come, I pray that we will rediscover how much we matter as we celebrate our in interconnectedness with the redwoods and the rivers, the oak trees and the otters, the evergreen and the eagles, the magnolias and the minnows. And each day, may we bathe ourselves in the sacred light and sacred darkness of this life we share. May it ever be so. Amen.
If you enjoy the Holy Heresy podcast and would like to support these continuing conversations, visit fccla.org give and follow the prompts. Donations are tax deductible and all gifts support the social outreach, faith-based exploration, and commitment to the arts that is First Church. Holy Heresy comes from the conversations that begin in our live services on Sunday mornings. Each week we explore the growing edges of theological thought, the exploration of the links between science and religion, the challenges of spiritual practice in 21st century Los Angeles, and most of all, the joys of sharing community in the creative capital of the world. This podcast is produced and directed by David Harris and Laura Velfragan, David Garcia Saldana, Production Manager, Laurel Irene, Audio Mixing, originally recorded by Mark Doten, Casper Abbo, Danny Hess, Cameron Johnston, and David Mitchell. Musical credits for this episode include Preludium in F Major by Vincent Newbeck, played by Christoph Bull on the great organs, Bernice Johnson-Reagan's I Remember, I Believe, sung by Laude, directed by David Harris, with David Saul Lee, soloist, Elevation in F Major by Jacques Lemont, and Amen by Kelly McCandless. Thank you for your presence here today, where all are welcome.